What is up, Fine Scale Freaks, and welcome to episode 77 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. Yeah, 77. Paul Coffey's number. I was just going to ask you, if can you name any famous hockey players that wore 77? Paul Coffey. Who else? Paul Coffey. They retired it after that. Oh, yeah. He played for like everybody, man. Oh, um, oh, didn't Ray Bork have something? I was going to say, Ray Bork wore it. Yeah, Ray yeah. Bork. Who uh, else? All right, here's some other ones on Hockey Reference. You ready? Yeah, I yeah. like I like this. I like throwing in a little bit of different stuff. <laughs> See if you know any of them. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, there's a lot. We're not going through all 41. Um, Give me a couple key names. See if Phil, I, we can get them. Phil Esposito. He was 77? It says here. Yeah, I guess he was 77. He wore number 77 with the New York Rangers. Yeah, Do- wow. Yeah, who else? Um, Paul Coffey, Jeff Carter, Anson Carter, Ray Bork, Ken Bellinger, Matthew Barnaby. All names I've heard of before. Matthew Barnaby, oh my word. The guy was a, <laughs> the guy was a freak. He would just get under everybody's skin, worse than Dale Hunter, worse than any of those guys, man. <laughs> He was the king. Oh, dad. TJ TJ Oshi. Oh yeah, yeah, duh. I can't believe I forgot that one. Yeah, uh, current favorite team, anyways. Yeah, well, he's been so injured lately, anyways. Yeah. Who else here? Let's go through this real quick. Oh, Pierre Turgeon. Oh yeah, I remember Pierre Turgeon. Jitnik. Yeah. DSP wore it with the Ducks. Yeah. Anyway, so a lot of people had seventy-seven. Forty-one players have worn seventy-seven in the NHL. Wow. So, All right. Well, welcome to episode 77, guys. Sorry for that little history of <laughs> hockey uh, and the players of war number 77. But do we have a jam-packed episode for you guys today? Um, oh. We don't really have a guest. It's just us. And real quick, we wanted to announce this week's contest winner. It was Dan Pugach. Dan, you are going to get a kit from RailroadKits.com, an HO Scale Customs koozie, and some goodies from Jake Johnson, the road stencils, the the railroad crossing and the stop road stencils. Uh, we also want to announce this week's contest. We want everyone to participate so they can get a chance to win a kit just like Dan did and a bunch of our other past listeners have. And we want you guys to either comment on our pin post on our Facebook page or email to podcast at hoscalecustoms.com a photo of your favorite scenery. It could be any piece of scenery on your layout, rocks, rivers, uh, trees, grass, whatever. I don't care what it is. We just want to see that awesome scenery that you've been working on. So again, comment on our pin post on our Facebook page or email at podcasts at hoscalecustoms.com your favorite scenery for your layout for a chance to win a kit from railroadkits.com. Also, you can head on over to railroadkits.com and check out their awesome castings and kits that they offer. They got a bunch of stuff. So um, let's get in on that contest. Let's see everyone's scenery this week. So, welcome to the show. Uh, we are going to um, do the old-fashioned thing where we just say, uh, wing it. We're winging it. Right. Uh, be right. Ca- be careful where you wing it. You might get in trouble. We do have a guest in about two weeks. It's going to be a huge surprise. Um, I'll let you guys all know about that in another week or so here. And um, and that will be something that some of you have been asking to have this guest on. And um, hopefully all that goes down the way we have it planned. And right. then we have another guest, another huge guest coming up as well uh, very shortly. So, um, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. 
let's get let's start off the, with the business um real quick we don't have any new patrons this week but if you guys want to become patrons you can head on over to our show our patrons and not just our uh, not you can't head over to our show you're on the show now but patreon.com forward slash ho scale customs and ho scale customs.com forward slash support you'll see a bunch of ways on there that you can help support us um mm-hmm. the it, it literally keeps our show running uh it pays for everything with our show so right. um if you want to if awesome if you don't awesome i don't really i i either way we love you guys so um be with that we have our patron questions of the week and oh boy did i open up a can of worms with these questions so let's yeah. get let's, started let's start let's start rattling some taking some answers we got a lot of them answers. we have actually 36 comments uh some of them are replies so we'll skip over some of those replies but uh we're gonna try and hit the the, mo- the bulk of them here right now so yeah first one lynn mccurdy how do you manage to find ways to continue to work on models and structures while quote unquote cruising or vacationing even? Um, well, the one thing I would do, Lynn, is and we've done it when I've done it when I've gone away with for one trip, is to pack some stuff in a toolbox or I'm sorry, a tackle box that you know you'll need you'll be able to use uh, right. to work on stuff. Now I don't know security wise on a cruise what they'll let you take. Yeah, they may not let you take like uh, a knife or things like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what their dealing is on it. it. Depends, I guess. If it's a, but if it's a. I'm not sure what a cruise, cruise lets you take, but but yeah. um, you know, if you're going on vacation and you're driving, you could surely pack yeah. a little tackle box whatever or a toolbox with whatever you want to work on stuff while you're away. I'm so I did it one time when you were when you were. I guess you weren't even born yet. And I was modeling your mom and I went camping and uh, I took it on a camping trip huh. and took it to the campground and I worked on uh, building a structure at the nice. campground right at the picnic table because it was raining that weekend. And I found a hobby shop and I had my tools along and we, I got a, a model there and started building it right there at the table because yeah. we were stuck at the campground in this screened in dining fly. And then you and, built there uh, right in the campground. I built yeah, right there. It's fun. Cool. Well, with yeah. vacation season coming up, that is an option for everyone. Yeah. Um, next one. Blind. Oh, Dan Pugach. Blind challenge. Blindfolded with the other host watching and coaching you whether a wall made from scrap. We could do that. that I don't know, man. That, that, would be a, that would be a shit show. Well, that's why we would do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be well, done. Let's try it. Let's try it. We gotta, it has to be live. It has to be a Facebook live video. Yeah. We'll do it live. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, we can do it sometime live down there. You're, you know, down at the layout, we'll sit at the table and do yeah. it. Yeah, so what we'll do Doing is it. it won't be a whole structure. It'll just be on a piece of scrap wood that I have. We'll throw some yeah. – we'll throw a window into it and uh, and we'll paint and assemble and weather a, a one wall. Yeah, we'll blindfold <laughs> the one guy and then the other one can paint. Oh, we yeah. One can paint and the other one will give direction. Let's do it. All right. All right. Good yeah, topic. I'm all about that. Yeah, who came up with that? Dan. Okay. Dan's got a yeah, couple Dan. in here. Um, question. What sources do you use to research the location or time period you model? Any books, websites, documentaries that you recommend? Shorpy is the one big one I use a lot of. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The archive.org or .gov, I think. Inter- the, the, the U.S. Archives website has a 
thousands, millions of, of photo references for you to use for time by a time period. Right. Uh, those are my two big ones. Google Images for Google me. Google Images, yeah. I, I hit Google Images hard on everything. In fact, one of the things that we're going to talk about this evening, uh, that I'm going to talk about this evening here that I did on this current model, um, I, I did it by searching Google Images. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do uh, that way. I think the uh, internet is a friend. Point. Pinterest, pin, for me, it's Pinterest, Shorpy, and uh, the uh, U.S. Archives website. Nope. And we're and we're research freaks. I mean, to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So I mean, we we research in our other hobbies. So, so what you do is any basically, Dan. Is this another Dan question? It's anything. It's still Dan, yeah. Yeah. It's it's anything you can find, man. Eat it up. Get as much of your, you know, history that you can learn on it, or any details you can find. Any uh, if it's a building, if you can find blueprints out there. Some, some kind of like Brett was saying through some kind of archives of some kind. It doesn't have to be national archives. Some communities or cities and towns have their own archive uh, pages and such. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, any any archives is is, yeah. is game on, especially if without, you can find archives for the town you're modeling or a town like the one you're modeling. So, right, without doubt. Next question from Dan is, <laughs> what's your favorite song that mentions a train? And I'm going to get mine out before you get yours out. Crazy Train by Ozzy. Ah. There you go. Yep. <coughs> Folsom County Prison. Ah, by, by Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash. Yeah. And he mentions a train. What other ones can you come up with? Um, I don't know, man. Matt, isn't one, there's one called Midnight Train to Georgia. Yeah. By yeah, that one. Gladys Knight, I, I think. I don't know who does that. Yeah. Well, there's a couple, but Crazy Train's awesome. mine. Um, yep. Yeah. So there we go. I don't know any other ones, but I'd have to look that up. That was just without Googling what I could find. So um, next one from Dan Pugach. I'm just going through all of Dan's. Favorite right. movie or TV show, not documentary, that features a train? Oh, okay. I'm going to have to think about that one. Oh, I know what it is. I already know what it is. My daughter yeah. was obsessed with it for a while. It's Polar Express. Ah. Well, you know, with um was that it was um that was uh oh shoot. Not Bill Murray, the other dude, the castaway guy. Yeah, I'm not sure. Castaway guy. Oh Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. How was I so stupid? Did you know I was reading and it's probably been all over the internet, you probably seen it all over Facebook lately too. Uh Tom Hanks is a model realtor. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I didn't know that until like this week. So maybe we'll there's get a whole bunch of other guys that were famous model railroaders. I was going through a list of. We should try uh, to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, let's try that. <laughs> That's a bucket list. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Li- hey, Tom Hanks, if you're listening, uh, give us a shout. Podcast yeah. at HSGalCustoms dot com. <laughs> now, I don't know what to to what degree they didn't say. Yeah, on Tom Hanks. I understand. Model he Rimmer might just have a Lionel that goes in a circle. Who knows? Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Actually, I had a big layout too. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so Frank Sinatra. Know. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. I, I, we should get him on the show. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, what's your movie with a train? Um, probably Back to the Future. Oh train. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know which one that was. One went back to the old west. Oh yeah. And then they had one again later in the in the Back to the Future in the future. 
um, they had to train. So yeah, like I said, I mean, yeah, that I don't know. Uh, there's lots of there's lots of westerns with John Wayne and such that had trains that I used to watch. And I think the I Back said, to the Future you're thinking of is the part three. Okay. Where they go out west. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. any western has them. Yeah, Wild Wild West, that comedy show with. Uh, oh yeah. They had a train in that as well. With Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a comedy guy. I like westerns and comedies. I like planes, trains, and automobiles, too. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat those two in a movie. Steve, nah. Steve Martin and... Uh, John Candy. John Candy. How, yeah. do you, how do you beat those two in a movie? That's a classic forever. All, all those movies back then were awesome back in the day. They don't make them like that now. No. Those, but... those 80s comedies and, like... Vacation and all those man, they all came out in the same. What era. was the other one with John Candy where they went to the beach? Oh, summer rental. Summer rental. Oh my god, <laughs> those are all just yeah. Oh. They don't have that. They don't make them movies now anymore. I don't know why the those now, those suck now. The movies now suck. Those are honestly my favorite. Like that era of comedy, even yeah. though even though it was before my time, yeah. is my favorite type of comedy. I love sure. it. I love it. Because yeah, it's, it's wholesome stuff. It's wholesome, but it's also like your kids can watch it, but then there's some adult jokes. The great in. Outdoors. The Great Outdoors. Oh, my God. The Great Outdoors. Wasn't that the one with the bear that they burnt the ass hair off that bear? Yeah. <laughs> with the shotgun, With the man. shotgun. With the shotgun blast. Pull the hair off his ass. Pull the hair off his ass. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's those kind of comedies are um, your kids can watch it and get a laugh, but there's still some adult humor in there that they don't quite get that you can get right. a laugh at, and it's just yeah, exactly. good. It's good fun. It was great. Oh man! So planes, trains, and automobiles might be my other favorite train type movie. That yeah. isn't a documentary. Right. There's so many movies and right. trains out there. Last one hey, from Dan. On. Bruins or Blues for Stanley Cup and why? I'm going. Dan, you aren't gonna like me. You might. You might try to beat me up whenever we meet up in uh, a month or so. But I'm going with the Blues. And yeah. and I, and my why, real quick. He asked why. My why is only because as a long-suffering Capitals fan that we are or were for so long, the Blues have been around for 51 years and they've never had a cup. So for me, I want to see that fan base experience what we got last year for the first time. I agree with that. I have to agree with that. But but I don't hate the Blues. So if the Blues win it, that's cool. I'm I'm sorry, the Bruins. The the Bruins. I don't hate the Bruins. So if if the Bruins win it, I won't be upset. Okay. I'm good either way, and the reason is is quite what you said. And then Craig Berube got his start in, in AHL hockey before he went to the NHL hockey. He's a coach for the for the Blues now. Yeah. And he was I got to watch him when he was young, and he just got just broke into professional hockey at Hershey Park Arena at Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I used to get all the Bear games, and he played for Hershey Bears, and he went to the Flyers, and so on. He'd been in like 20 other teams, and then um, you know he's now he's a coach. I always liked. The chief, and um, uh, so for that, and the reason you explained the long drought with never winning, and then if it went the other way, I would have to say for Chara, for Zeno Chara, I would say uh, I would like to see him go out. I think this may be his last year, and and uh, he's already got he a cup. Yeah, I know what though. It would be nice to see the guy go out on a on a, on a good note like that. And well, he's it's a cl- still a hell of a good. Like it, it's so. still a hell of a good note to make it to your Stanley Cup final. Right. Now, so, bottom line, I don't think, I I don't think. I my gut's telling me the Blues I lose. 
I'm rooting for the Blues. All my eggs are in the Blues basket now, but I think the Bruins win. I think think, the Bruins win in five. I think they win in five, yeah. Who knows, though? Yeah. All right, next one. Favorite movie for structures, Old Western or something from New England era, etc. Well, this is from Jake Johnson. Um, (laughs) Jake, my answer to that is going to be completely against what we actually model, but my favorite movie or movies for structures is the old uh, Clint Eastwood movies. I don't model. What kind of structures? Can you read that question back? Favorite movie for structures, old Western or something from New England era, etc. And I'm just saying, I love the old spaghetti Western style towns. I love them. The old New York. Those old metal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the old mining towns and stuff and those old spaghetti Westerns and I love that, but I mean, we don't model it, so. Yeah, Gangs in New York for me, I think, and, uh, you know, I mean. Gangs in New York is a pretty badass movie. Yeah. I I could watch that movie a hundred times and never get You know what? And even some of the old, even, I mean, this just might be the history buff in us, but even some of the the Civil War movies, I've noticed a lot of our buildings share a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. to them because. Yeah, like Gods and Generals, they have that view over Fredericksburg. It's a lot of the same buildings, uh, really. Yeah, that's another one. So, so yeah, the buildings are all the same type of building. It's only it was less than seventy years the era we're modeling. I'm telling you, I was down last week at, with your mom in Gettysburg uh, on Memorial Day weekend, and um, you know we uh, walked out onto Soldiers National Cemetery for Memorial Day and took some photos of the flags and yeah, uh, set out everybody's graves. But walking around the town, there are some amazing, cool. I almost wish. Sometimes we were doing like, and they would fit any town. They are awesome. I'm thinking about doing some. Yeah, scratch. we we could do some like you did with the Shiplap House, um, like yeah. historical rebuilds of some of those town, yeah. some of those buildings in Gettysburg, and they'd fit right in. Yep, absolutely. So, cool. Um, I'm I'm definitely looking into that, to doing some of them. There were some that I saw that I was like, wow, I can't believe these would be awesome models. So for you, it's Gangs in New York for Jake's questions, and for yes. mine, it's uh, any spaghetti western movie. I love them. Right. But I don't model that. Now, that'd be cool. Maybe I could do a little... Du- you know what? You know what, Dad? What? I got it. That ke- the kit that I did with Kenny, the live mm-hmm. build with Casey's Workshop, right. sorry. Um, what if I build that into a small diorama? Because it is a Western style for me. I mean, it, it's kind of got that Western looking storefront. I could yeah. build like a little mining town diorama. Just a small like 12 by 12. Yeah. And maybe... I'll save it for the next expo. Oh, yeah. That'd be mm. awesome. So maybe I'll yeah. do something with that. Maybe I'll get a little Western modeling in. Anyway. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. All right. Next one. Daniel Banks. What is some new? What is a new technique you ha- or tip you have learned in the last month, and how has it been proven to be very helpful? Mm. Um, oh, I got one. Yes. So it was actually this weekend that I learned it. The okay. um, the static grass applicator, right? Yes. I, and this is probably just a stupid tip, and guys, bear with me. But I got simple in that too. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yours is even more. Yours is actually more important than mine. It's a health one, probably. Yes. It's health related. Yes, go ahead. But anyways, my tip would be to, um, if you're laying your static grass down, um, 
the there's some other products that they use that are um, meant for scenery, like scenery glue and some very specific uh, like adhesives for scenery, and they work yeah. they work good. Don't get me wrong, but for like a quarter of the cost, you can go back to the good old Aileen's tacky glue, like we were talking about at the layout when you were working down here this weekend. Yeah, and that stuff works. works. It's a quarter of the co- a quarter of the cost. And all of my static grass is perfect. It is exactly how I want it. No, no yeah. issues with it. It's dry. It's standing up perfectly. It was. I even watered. I put some on, and I took a, a brush with some water, and I spread it out a little thinner. And it, uh-huh. it didn't run everywhere. The aliens is thick enough, even when it's watered down, to stay in place, exactly where you want it on your layout, where you're gonna put scenery or grass. And it doesn't run everywhere, and it doesn't get all like sloppy and messy. You can control it. So for me, my tip is going to be when you're putting down scenery, you don't always have to use the expensive scenery, scenery glues or scenic glues that are out there. I mean, they work great. Don't get me wrong. If you have them, use them. Yeah. But But a lot of people water them down and you can or can't. Aileen's work work perfect for me. So mine is... uh, you know, there's always other options, like we always talk about. There's millions of different op- millions of options, and uh-huh. I am always going to use Aileen's for scenery now. Yeah. So that's my tip. What's your you tip? Don't, you don't break it down with water, do you? I a minute ago I just said I thinned it down with water. I thinned it down a little bit with water. Okay. Only where so there were some sections where I was working near like a tight crevice right. in a rock or something. You gotta use it straight there. No. Oh. Where it's tight and I can't get like my finger in or the nozzle in to push that glue into a tight crevice in a rock, but I want yeah. there to be, I want the grass to get down in there. I okay. do. I did water it down with a a small brush, right? And I got a little water on my brush and I used the water on the brush to kind of work the glue and water it down into the cracks of a rock or two uh, that okay. I was working on. All right. So, well, I used it on that ledge on the corner that I put pictures up of. Oh yeah. Um, I used it straight. Yeah, well, I no, I did on the straight. flat on the flat areas. I did use it straight. Right, I used it straight there because I needed to keep it from not running over the scenery. Oh yeah, because it's going in different. So if you put it on straight there, then it dries clear and you can't see it because it's on, it's underneath. And then of course, um, I don't have to worry about it going on wet and then ruining some other piece of scenery. I'm getting it pinpoint exactly where I want that glass. Right. No, that's a good one. So what's your tip uh, for this? My tip. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you go on to your tip tip, not your tip tip, but your modeling tip. (laughs) What what was your tip for the uh, static grass applicator? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, the one, the grass, the grass one we have from Nuke. The Nuke, the Knock or Knock or Nuke or whatever. Uh, Knock. And then it's, what's that, when the Grass Master 2 or something like that, whatever they call it. Yeah. And um, it has a big cup on the bottom of it. And uh, there <laughs> is, we were, we had another one that was like a little. It was like a fly, it was an electronic like fly water. With a strainer on the end. And we got that, it was made by Grass Tech or somebody like that. And um, that had. Uh, oh, that real quick, do you, do you have some of the static grass at your house? No. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. No. Why are you out? No, no, I, I was looking for one the other day and I couldn't find it, but moving on. Uh, moving I, on. I took it all over to E-Place. So anyways, to you um, place. your place. I took oh, it on over to you place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, I, uh, I, um, 
with that one, anytime we touch that wire, uh, the wire strainer with your bare fingertip after you were done, you would just end up, you could shock yourself. Yeah, okay, you can so, always also just walk up behind an unsuspecting person in the basement right, and hit right, him on the exactly. elbow or something. Right, like you did to me one time. Thank you. Never would I ever do that. <laughs> yeah, I about jump down my skin. So, well, I thought we were completely safe with this one because this one I wasn't getting shocked through the metal strainer on the top. And I was reaching around on the bottom of it when I was there with Brett and inside the cup, scooping out the excess <laughs> that we didn't use of the grass to put back in the bag. And as I reached down to the bottom, there's a little metal, there's a little metal, what the heck kind of thing is it? It's like a, it's like a I pin. guess it's, it's like a it's pin like a, or something. Yeah, it's like, the... it looks like it's where it's screwed on. Yeah. And it's electric and you touch that uh, and you're, you're getting shot. Is it worse yeah. than the fly swatter one? It's the same. Okay, all right. It's the same, but you were expecting it to be not like that because we weren't getting shocked with well, it. Well, because, because the, mesh, the mesh is on the end of that plastic part yeah. now, and it doesn't it's not attached to anything electric. It's not a big deal. It's all right. Just, you just do it, and you go, oh, what a dumbass. Why Next, so what's your tip? What's your real I, tip? I don't know. I don't, tip. Um, man, let me, can I think on that and get back to you? Yeah, we'll come back. Yeah. All right, really next one. Joe Collins. This is a good one. I like this one. What do you consider your best build and why? Inversely, what was your worst build and why? So, I got mine right now. You ready? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think my best build, or at least my my most my most prized build, my favorite build that I've done was Colombo Breads. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I, love I agree it. with that. Uh, it. It might be my most complete build. I just... It's not even done yet, and I think it's my most complete build. So right. for me, that's my favorite. My worst build ever, and you actually touched it this weekend, was that big gulch barn thing that I made out of popsicle sticks. Yeah. The big Joe Gulch yeah. barn. Yeah. Um, that might be my worst build ever <laughs> in the sense that uh, it, and nothing on it is nothing on it is right. Everything's wrong, so right. uh, I, I'll, I'll repost a photo of Big Joe Gulch General Store and uh, show you guys how bad it was. The boards on the walls were like, what they were, the wide popsicle sticks too. So they were like three arm lengths wide for bo- per board yeah. to scale. So uh, that was my yep. worst build. Best build Colombo. Worst build Big Joe Gulch General Store. Best build for me, um, I would have to say, as far as me taking it to the next level, was Cameron Street Apartments. Um, I, it was a toss-up between that and the Metzger building, but I gave it to Cameron Street only because um, I, I created some new things on it and did some changing around instead of building it to, as progressions. Both models turned out awesome. But Cameron Street was my most challenging. It turned out the best, and I was satisfied with the most. Um, the new billboard, all that stuff on it, uh, I mean, it was important. So I, I would say that one. The worst I've done, oh, boy. Um, I'm going to have to say the worst build that I had was a gas station Oh yeah. By um, was by that the Woodland Scenic gas station? It's a plastic gas station. It by looked Woodland good. Scenics. It looked good. Yeah, it but did it look was good. Too good. Yeah, yeah, it was too good. It looked too. It didn't look. 
It didn't look unreal. No. But no, but because no, well, a lot of the parts were plastic and You took a plastic kit. Plastic. You took a plastic kit and made it look really, really plastic. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it but it belonged in Roadside America. Plastic. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and I'm not, it was, it, I'm not, it was not, per, I'm not, it gonna, was pretty, but it wasn't bad. It was bad, but it was, yeah. it was, it wasn't so, so everyone knows what kind of modeling we do. We try to make everything look weathered, and sometimes we do weather a little too hard, but for the most mm-hmm. part, we try to make things look used and aged in place. Well, mm-hmm. if we stuck this thing down in the middle of the layout, it would look like a Lego building. Yeah, it was like, it, it was good. gaudy looking. Gaudy, yeah. that's a perfect term for it. It looked yeah, gaudy. Yeah, it was gaudy, yep. So, so, I mean, but you did, it was still a good build. I tore it apart and I salvaged some of the stuff, like the, the ice maker. I had the, a lot of detail parts. And stuff like that. Yeah, I took all the detail parts off it. And, uh, but, you know, it was, it, that was my failure, you know. I mean, it wasn't really a failure. Yeah, we, we really, all have them. Yeah, it was, just, I didn't know what I was doing with it. So, I just kind of, I knew what I was doing with building it. I built it correctly. I just didn't, you know, it just didn't fit. It doesn't fit our layout. Right. So. Well, anyway. you know, we live and learn. You live and learn. Yeah. What right. you know now, what you didn't know then. So, All right, moving on. Whew, here we go. Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott Perry posted a, a ton of questions. So we're gonna try. And, we're gonna try and uh, do a rapid fire on these because we're about a half an hour into answering these questions. So. And he posted a GIF with, or Dan posted a GIF with these Cheetos flying at a girl's face as she opens a bag up. And I feel like that's what Scott Perry did with these questions. They're all just flying at us, hitting us in the face. Okay. Right, here we go. Kind of a quick fire on this one. Corner gluing and reinforcing on compound wall buildings, not just for a structure. So corner gluing and reinforcing. Um, I'm guessing you're asking for tips on that. Um, not cor- just on a structure. On what else? Not just on a four-wall structure. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so I use those blue clamps that you gave me for Christmas, Dad. Mm-hmm, yeah, I love and, them And um, hockey pucks to hold things yeah. together. I really – I just – I don't really know what else I can give you on that. I, corner gluing, I just make sure my corner bracing is set properly and, and as square as I can get it. Every now and then I need to sand it down a little bit to make sure the corners match but yeah, whether, that, you're, it's whether you have four walls or eight walls or six walls or whatever you have, I mean, it, you just want to make sure you're square. We've gone over this before many times, making sure you have it square, that you have the proper amount of glue in. And uh, I, I found that with wood glue in most any wall situation, it holds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sufficient. You don't need anything extra on that. I mean, I don't see the use of epoxy or anything like that right, is right. necessary. I mean, as far as bracing and support go, I mean, you will, obviously, if you have scrap wood, you can fill in. Sometimes they add some extra support, or, or uh, yeah, I mean, or support roof, or you know, that kind of thing. Keep roof from sagging, or a wall that's right, right. slanted from sagging. Um, yeah, I mean, put that support in and think about that as you're building, uh, for sure. Um, All right, I next would. one: attaching yep. metal like br- attaching a metal like brass to plastic or wood surfaces. Um, that's, uh, that's always a tricky one. Super glue or yeah. uh, wood glue. I don't know. Any, any CA glue. CA like glues, glue. I, I yeah. think would probably be your best bet on that. Yeah. And, and the only problem is I have bad luck with CA glue. 
It never seems to want to hold for me correctly. I don't know what why it doesn't set right. I got it says five to ten seconds, and you stand there for uh, like five minutes holding it, and then you let go, thinking it held. It falls right off. Yep. Um, I've had moments like that. I, I don't know what the secret is to that. If anybody out there has the secret for applying CA glue, to, especially to something that you know is a little trickier to you know metal the wood or you know because see on the wood side of the uh, when you're connecting metal to wood yeah the wood absorbs some of that glue and then it doesn't really necessarily bond it as as well right, so right. i mean um i've had good luck with tacky we went to uh, we talked about the eileen's tacky glue i've had good luck with that is it eileen's or aileen's aileen's eileen's because you've said know. it like eight ways in just tonight Aliens, I guess it is. I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, just, I'm asking the listeners. Well, whatever the hell it is, it's good glue, and it, it can be used. It's a little tackier. Obviously, it's tacky. It's glue. stickier. Right, and it, and it seems to when I it think that's when it good, dries, it holds hard. I think so. that's a good bet. Yeah, it does hold hard. Uh huh. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Next one. How to keep from overweathering or over darkening every building. Perfect, because I'm guilty of this sometimes, Scott. These are all from Scott now. I'm definitely guilty of that, and uh, for me, I've now learned to weather in small doses. So I'll do it light, and I'll do another coat, and I'll do another coat, and I'll take a step back. Each time I do a small coating of weathering in in the areas that I want to weather it, uh, my structure, to -hmm. see if it's right. And if it's not, sometimes one coat really light is just enough in some spots. Some Sometimes you have a spot that looks good and there's another spot that needs to be a little heavier. So you put another layer on or you do another couple little areas just to see it and then you step back. And right. now I just do it in, in passes. I do small passes around my buildings with weathering. That way I don't go to town on something and make it look like way too weathered. Because right. I, I have been guilty of that in the past, and I feel like my last couple builds have been toned back a little bit because uh, I noticed, been, I, noticed yeah. I was weathering a lot, a lot, way too much. Yeah, you cut back on the weathering a little bit, and um, the, the last couple structures have just been, you know, I mean, they're, they're, the other ones that are weathered hard are nice too, but these, these last couple you did without as much weathering, and it was a, it was a shock to see it come from you. Well, I, mean, you know? I need to. I mean, don't get me wrong. My next build might just be completely obliterated. It might look like shambles <laughs> because I. But but I think I needed to. I needed to learn how to not weather. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everyone's got their own f- uh, flaws and fallacies when they're modeling. Right. And, and mine was the fact that I weathered too hard. So for me, that's what I do now. I just go small in the beginning, and I take almost like when you're painting. I just I just take levels of la- levels of yeah. weathering over and over again, and I keep looking at it to see. What areas need more? Where I can stop and and move on? Yeah, when's enough? You know, right? And and um, I do the same thing. However, um, I don't weather. I do weather hard sometimes. I think a lot for me. I make the conscious decision prior or while I'm constructing or building it, or when I see the model that I'm going to buy and build, whether I'm gonna whether this thing hard or you know, I, I make that decision a long time before I start building it, and. Um, I mean, it's rare if, if, if while I'm building it going, oh, you know what? I'm going to just weather this thing hard. I usually had that in mind prior. So, yeah. yeah. 
All right, next question. It depends on what you need, I think. Why Why anyone in their right mind would run 100 miles from Scott Perry? Um, I, have to, I have to agree with that. You know, some people some people have their – everyone has their thing, and it's just my thing. That's your thing. And uh, I didn't run 100 miles this past time, actually, guys. I, um, I pulled myself from the course at 70 miles because I was getting sick. So I only made it 70 miles from my last weekend's episode to this week. Um, yeah, so I pulled myself on the course, didn't finish the race. Uh, but I don't know. Everyone's got their thing. I just enjoy running for an extremely long amount of time. And there's something, it's going to sound crazy, there's something calming about it to me, being in the woods and just just no one else is around. You're just out there running in the woods by yourself. So. Yeah. And you're good at it, and that's what you like to do. Yeah, so that's so. why I do it, because I'm out of my goddamn mind. <laughs> I said dang. I, said, I know dang. what you said. I know what you said. I pulled back a little. I pulled back. But uh, <laughs> I am out of my mind. I'm batshit crazy, and that's why I do it. <laughs> Next question. Applying details such as heavy metal castings to a model and keeping them secure. Kind of what you already asked before, Scott. Um, but with the white metal detail parts, I always use tacky glue. Period. Tacky glue or none. To what? Applying details such as heavy metal uh, castings to a model and keeping them secure. Oh, okay, gotcha. Tacky glue every time for me. Um, yeah, I have good luck with tacky glue on that. Um, I have also have good luck with um, hobby hobby tack from uh, Woodland Scenics. Is there any different? Is there different? Yeah, it's, it is different because it stays tacky all the time. Oh, okay. So you, you put it on, and this way, if I want to move like a, a couple crates or something, I can lift them right off, and it doesn't leave a, a bad residue or anything on the model, and I can move them to another model, you know, or move them somewhere else on the layout. Um, I can move stuff around by putting just a small dab and a ha- ha- uh, hobby tack on the bottom of it. it. You have to let it dry right. first before you put the object down right and then it stays tacky on the bottom of it it's just like it looks like white glue and then when it dries it leaves this tacky residue oh cool yeah next one plants on structures versus on the layout after structure is mounted so um i'm guessing scott you kind of mean like uh putting like a, a vine on a building or plants that are growing on the structure on like on the wall where they're growing like like an arborvita or a uh, white glue, white glue, white white glue. Like that's, that's what I used when I did the uh, when I did the vines on the oh on, yeah on, on Camera Street on Camera Street apartments. I did this vines growing up the side of uh, of uh, the the wall there. Um, well, so by staying musical space. So white glue for that, and then for plants on the actual layout, uh, I just use tacky glue again. Right, right. Um, how to the, this is also these are all from Scott now. How to design a town, how to pick structures, street layout, overall design. So how are we designing our town um, is probably not how you want to design your town because we're just winging it. We're freelancing it. Right. And um, we're, we're just kind of going with what the eye what, what the eye is drawn to. So when we place buildings, we're moving them around a lot until we find that one spot where that building is like meant to be. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have all your buildings done – before you build your layout and you know exactly which buildings you're putting on. Yeah. Then you can plan your street accordingly and use the buildings that you have to plan it that way. 
But if you're building the buildings as you're building your layout, right, or it's a progression thing, well, then it makes it a little more difficult because now I've got to figure out, you know, which, you know, which buildings fit where, how it's going to look, and everything else. I mean, and according to what we've already built, um, you know, and uh, I like I like that style. I like being able to do that. Right. Because it allows us to open up. It's not preordained. Okay, right. this is how it is. This house has to be built, and it has to be put in this direction. So I need this kit to be this size to fit here. No, nah, man, we're you know we're gonna have gaps in between some of our odd some structures. Then we're gonna have to. Brett and I are gonna have to look at it. And Jake was talking about that last. Building week, custom fact. structures to fill them in. We're gonna have to say, okay, I need a structure that's four by two by six right there. Yeah, you know? and it's and it's a triangle. And it's got to fit down in between these buildings. And it's got to work on this sidewall. Right. You know, and and, and and I'm I'm actually looking forward to that. Right. Right now, so I am to the point right now where um, I'm going to start. I'm going to get through some of the kits I'm working on now, and I'm going to start doing that. All right. And uh, so next question: Power lines, yeah. applying them to the layout, or should they be avoided? You did power lines in front of your uh, hotel. I love power. I love. I think they look awesome. So I'm going to quickly give you the 30 second window to tell them how you did power lines, and we already know uh, if you do them this way, don't avoid it. Easy line. Easy line. Easy line. Make sure you find it. Look it up. Uh, and then what were the- made by Berkshire Junction. And uh, you can find them at www.berkshirejunction.com or berkshirejunction.com. Um, you can call them and order it. You, you can't order it online. You got to call it and then uh, send them the money. Or there's some places <laughs> that sell. Yeah, I don't want to get into that story. So, but, um, so, so but, real quick. Or you can find it in some hobby shops. Do have it. Easy line. That, easy line. I know that they and have it. And what were the poles that you used? I just use, um, well, huh, the last one I built, I made my own pole, no, uh, no, uh, a barbecue that. skewer and a, and, and two toothpicks. Yeah. Um, uh, not toothpicks, um, uh, matchsticks uh, when the match heads cut off. Um, or you can buy some Rick's, uh, telephone poles. Um, they make a lot of, they make, you have them down there yep. now in your basement there. Uh, at the layout, we have a bag of Rick's telephone poles. They're uh, they're also very nice. They're good. Um, I like using the, the barbecue skewers and then you know roughing them up and right. painting but them up. Right, but if you're doing if you're doing if you're doing power lines and you're doing a, a, a majority, a lot of them, a a, quant, a large quantity of them, um, right. Rick's are, are perfect. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah. So I mean, they're going to save you a ton of time if you're going to do a lot. Right. So. Right. right. I love the easy line. Easy line looks good. It comes in different colors. Uh, green, black, and what I think green and black are the two most common for lines. Uh, I like the green style. Yeah. Um, it, it looks odd because you don't really see green power lines, but when you're looking on the layout, it, they they are completely visible. They stand out. They pop. Yep. You know. All right. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna bust through some of these real quick. Real, just okay. get these out of the way. Uh, Scott's got. Lighting, lighting color choices for inside of an interior, inside of a detail interior. Lighting color choices for inside of a detail interior. I got, um, oh, I would so, say just, just regular LED clear light. Yeah, the cool, what's it, the, yeah. the natural light that, that they have over um, 
Microlumina. Microlumina yep. has the natural light ones. Yeah. So yeah, he's got them all, and um, he's got, he's all, got different all different colors. Different kinds. He has ways to hook them up to where you can use uh, what's that tape that he was using? Oh, I um, forget. Yeah, he has a, uh, like light tape. There's all kinds of stuff yeah. that he's got there, and different Micro, ideas. Uh, Microlumina's got a ton of stuff, a bunch of different colors, and it's pretty. How tos are right there on there, so you can't go wrong. How tos on how to wire them and yep. you know, solder everything and get it right. All right, but uh, definitely. The clean, clean, clear lights. Best snack to eat while model building that doesn't leave fingerprints on your work. Um, not Cheetos. Yeah, not Cheetos. <laughs> um, no, do not do Cheetos and then work with your walls, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't really snack while I work. I don't do it. Pretzels. I, I, I honestly don't much either. I mean, Pretzels. I, I don't have room on my bench for, for that kind of shit yeah. on there. Pretzels. Uh, a, I'm just going to say Pretzels. pretzels. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't like have chips. I'm not a big snack eater anymore. I used to really snack a lot. Now I don't as much. And so I'm gonna say not much of anything. Here. Yeah. Next up, yeah. how to pick your next kit? How to tell what will be a successful kit versus a waste of money? Uh, so for me, um, what I know will be a successful build is something that is not just a square usually, or a rectangle. Um, yeah. And even if it is a rectangle if it's got interesting other features i might consider it yeah the challenge um but i i think i think the more challenging it looks the more i'm drawn to it it's not necessarily the cost or the um like the limited quantity or anything like that it's it's really uh but now the limited kits don't get me wrong awesome oh yeah but for me it's more of how how unique is the shape and Will it fit with my layout? Or even though it's painted and done a certain way on the picture that you see on their website or the box, mm-hmm. can I do it differently? And can I imagine it differently to fit with my layout? So that's what right. I that's what I consider when I look at kits. I, I, I look at the challenge. I look at um, dimensions. Um, if it's uh, most importantly, I think for anybody that picks a kit, it's it's the aesthetic. Look, I mean, the aesthetically pleasing, what pleases you? What What is it that turns you on about seeing that? And you say, ah, oh, I love that. I want to build that. Yep. You know, that's 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 most of it right there, For I think, for anybody. Yeah, it depends. I think it's that first initial gut reaction when you see the picture. You're like, yeah, oh, my God, I have to have that. So, for me, right. that is like the initial factor. Now here's the question on that. The question is, when you do that and you go, oh, my God, i got to have that. And you go out and you buy it and you build it. Then you go, you ever do this? Then you go, ah, it's a, <laughs> a little too big for what I was thinking of now. Uh, no. You know, or, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Not uh, for us because we're still filling in space. But um, Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Right. Last one from Scott. Entertainment value of your kit versus investment. What is a good way to use your money to, to determine what is a fun time with a kit versus spending too much money? Mm. So for me, this is big because i got a lot of diapers to buy and milk to buy and daycare to pay for but um for me scott it's is the kit gonna come with extras as far as um you know is it more than just a rectangle kind of what we talked about before is it more than just a rectangle is it going to provide me with more than just like one night's worth of work right uh because i'm not going to spend forty dollars on a kit that uh i'm going to 
pump it. I'm going to crank it out in one night or two nights. For me, that's not worth it. Right. Or, or, or something that you can build with, with, uh, some, with some four, scratch materials. Four simple walls with some scrap material. Yeah. So you know, for me, uh, it's, obviously. for me, it's that. And it's also, um, what kind of, does it look like it comes with a lot of details or does it look like I can build a pretty serious scene as far as when I mean, when I say serious, I mean, can I build a pretty substantial scene with, with that kit? Right. Um, so it might not be the biggest kit, but can I, is it unique and can I build a really kick-ass scene with it? Cause then right. if I can add to it later and, and, and extend beyond the kit and make a really, just a really cool scene with the kit. Right. Then it expands beyond just the build and now it becomes what can I do on the layout with that building to spend more value and time with it. Right. Is it going to be, is it going to be, uh, is it more than just a kit is really what I'm just right. saying. Is it more right. than just assembling four or five walls together and slapping it together and you're done. You got a couple of trash cans and a barrel that you put out in front of it. Or is right. it going to be, um, something where I build it and now that it's built, I'm excited to put it on the layout because I'm already envisioning a scene that I can build around that layout. And now it's more than just the build. It's the whole, it's kind of like what I just did with Wicked Wanda's. The whole time I was building it, I was envisioning this entire scene that's being built around it. So the whole process of building it to turning it into a scene and creating a a diorama within the layout, like a vignette, just in that little area is what I decide as that's a good value because now I can imagine it there and it extends the work for that kit extends beyond just building the kit. Now it's building the scene around the kit. Right. Exactly. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully that answered your question. I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Cause I'll give you the same answer. So go ahead. Yep. All right. Two more questions. And then I got a funny one for you. All okay. right. Can we talk about how some of these, this is from Brian Tucker now. Can we talk about how some of these damn matte sealers or craft coatings aren't really matte? I think he means like doll coat. Um, it, uh, Brian's saying it pisses him off. He just got burned on some stuff. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Brian says it pisses him off that he just got burned on some shit and ended up being satin looking on his build. So... Yeah. Um, I've had it happen. Oh, I get so pissed off. Brian, I just had a commenter on our newest YouTube video ask about this. And I'm sorry, it was not on our newest YouTube video. It was on a YouTube video my dad did about watercolor um, pencils for weathering. Mm -hmm. And the guy asked on your video that I posted on our YouTube page, um, do you, this is great and all, but do you finish it with a doll coat? Um, or do you just go with a wing and a prayer and hope it doesn't like fade away or something? I forget what he said, but and I replied with a, I replied with a comment that said, "Well, first of all, it's your personal choice. We never use doll coat." And Brian, it's funny that you asked this just today because I had just replied to this guy's comment and I was thinking about doll coat today, and I I just want to say I never I do use doll coat sometimes. So go ahead. I never use doll coat. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the only way I use it. So you go first. I don't use doll coat for – here's my reason why. A, we don't handle our kits enough to um, justify, in my opinion, using doll coat because the chalk doesn't come off. I have right. kits – we have kits down here that we built or buildings we built that are three or four years old now, three years yeah. old, four years old, and they've never – they look the same as they did when I built them four years yeah. ago. 
Agreed. Yeah. If you're not handling them a lot and you're just and you're setting them and placing them, for, for yep. me, our our buildings aren't in a wind tunnel. There's no. It's not raining on them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not handling them a bunch. There's no reason to use doll coat, in my opinion. No. Just it's just my opinion. I don't use it ever. No. Um, I have used it originally on a couple plastic structures when I restarted doing this in the hobby, and it actually ruined some of my weathering, so I stopped. Right. I don't think that that's where Brian is going with this. So I think what he's talking about is paints that oh. are supposed to be matte finish. Well, he's saying or- sealers. Oh, and, I thought you said paints that are he, matte No, finish. Brian said, can we talk about how some of these damn matte sealers or craft coatings aren't really matte? Oh, oh, oh. So oh. I, I'm thinking he needs yes. like doll coats. All right, here's where I have had good luck. Hopefully I'm picking you up. Cut. Hopefully I'm, I'm getting your question right, Brian. I think you are now. But well, I was like, talking about the paints. I've also bought matte paint. That I put on. Oh, it's glossy. And it looks sad. Well, yeah, nothing glossy. pisses you. Nothing uh, pisses you off you know more than that. I, yep. You know where I? What color I had the worst luck with that? Dark navy blue comes out like that for a lot of reasons. Huh. I don't know why it is, and it's not just with one manufacturer. I've had it with Americana. I've had it with. Um, you know, I've had it with. Um, well, get your picks. Get your Bogart. pitchforks ready because we're going out to the Americana and Plaid. <laughs> we're going to the Plaid headquarters and asking them why their damn navy so, is glossy. It comes out not super glossy, but it comes out like Brian said. It comes out like a satin finish. Uh, also, um, I've also bought flat spray paints. You know which I ones are like flat that? And came out glossy. The, the cheap ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's why I buy the four dollar and yeah. five dollar spray paints now. I do now versus too. the ninety nine cent Walmart can because yeah, it always comes out glossy. Yep. So, yep. Um, so real quick before we wrap up Brian's question. Do you have any insight oh, on him? Can I explain the doll coat real quick? Yeah. It's so important. I, I said that I do, I do use this. I, I agree with Brett entirely where at the end of my finished model, the whole chalks and such on, I do not spray doll coat. And the reason I don't is because sometimes doll coat does not interact with certain finishes and, and certain surfaces. And it'll leave like a white stain on right, it in right. some places, and well, not I've had, always, I've, but I've, even, I've even seen it where it I'll have an effect that I've added to my structure right. or something, and I put doll coat on or I spray doll coat on, and right. it um it like goes away. It almost right. it makes it look less apparent. Right. And so what I what I do do use it for. What, what I you do do. do. What I do do use it for. Do do is um when I'm painting he layers. He said do do. Yeah, when I'm painting layers like on <laughs> bricks. <laughs> get past it, pal. When I'm getting, and but when I get on, um, I'm doing bricks, and I'm doing the multiple. Remember the other? I did a video on it a little bit, bit ago, or I did a um, where I was painting individual bricks. Right. I did a right. whole section on that about a month ago, and in between layers of that stuff, when I get to the final layer of all my brick painting, I will spray lightly. A real quick dusting of Tester's doll coat over top of that brick. And I'm going to tell you why. Please do. Hurry. I cannot wait. Because when I put my spackle in for my mortar, or if I put any other kind of mortar in, whatever I decide to go with, and then I go to smear it on, it doesn't smear. It doesn't come out. It doesn't come off. It doesn't turn that spackling like a pinkish color yeah. in there. It keeps it. No, I, I get it. Nice. Um, it also is a good barrier between 
if I'm going from acrylics to um, uh, some other type of uh, lacquer or something along that lines, I like to put it on the acrylics because it does not, it does not, um, the the lacquer type paints and stuff don't attack right. the acrylics. Okay, right. that's the only time I do it is when I'm layering, and I rarely do that. I okay. mean, there's a lot of times I don't. So that's that's it. All right. Well, that. This last question wraps up our questions of the week. I know it ate up the first right. hour like it did the other week as well. But, um, you know, right. we don't have any guests on this week. So we figured well, we, we do would, have something to talk about. So go ahead. I figured we would field a bunch of uh, of our patrons' questions because, yeah. hey, they were good. This too. ended up turning into, you know, the patron episode. So yeah. uh, thanks, guys. It's going to be the patrons' episode. It's the patrons' episode. We're the, we're, we're, we are men of our patrons. Right. And uh, I don't know what that means. This is, I don't even know. I'm just making shit up. All right. Last question is from Dan. He just asked if we ever regret asking questions for our pa- from our patrons for topics, and that is no. So <laughs> uh, I know it ate up some time, but um, we right. love we love to get you guys on our show and at least answer some questions. And it was good stuff. It and even stuff if we don't, <laughs> even if we're not experts on that particular thing, we'll give you our opinion uh, and we'll make it sound right. good. So. Uh, that's a, so what do you got, man? What's uh, what's your thing that I... All right. You ready for this? This is... If yeah. you've held on to this show for this long, you deserve this next segment. <laughs> I promise you. You are not going to regret for waiting to listen for this. So, I posted my video the other day, or last yesterday, about the um, uh, white metal barrel that I painted. The white metal casting. Yes. How to paint a white metal casting barrel or a drum or whatever to add a little character right. to it because it i feel i feel like it's one of the most underwhelming detail parts you get with a kit oh i got okay. no, i got more 55 gallon drums like oh you know so right. i posted it yada yada great great but um right away i got a comment from uh one of our facebook fans uh i'll just say his name's matthew but uh <laughs> he says uh just an fyi guys the plug on the side of the barrel is called the bung. Called the what? Bung. B-U-N-G. Bung. Okay. It goes in the bunghole. I thought you would want to know that so you could work the word bunghole into your future podcasts. Well, you know Wait what, Matthew? Did you, did you look this up first? No, Matthew commented on my thing. He told me about it. I didn't look it up. It's on our comment section of the post. I know that, but before we go saying this, is it true? Well, I hope I hope so. <laughs> Let me look it up. Bunghole in barrels. Or else I just said bunghole six times on the podcast. Yeah. I'm look I'm looking it up as we speak. It it most certainly is. You know what? Uh a bunghole is a whole board, board. In a liquid barrel <laughs> remove the contents. <laughs> I never knew that. The Go hole, ahead. the hole is capped with a large cork-like object called the bung. Okay, oh wow. my! So uh, you know what? Thank you, Matthew. Now, I now we got the uh, full written permission. I can't believe we just went there from Wikipedia to say bunghole on the podcast. Because you know what? I painted my bunghole brown on that YouTube video, and I'm sure glad I did because. <laughs> Oh no! I didn't paint the bung hole brown. I painted the bung brown. <laughs> Matthew, I, Matthew just provided the best. 
that might have been one of the best like segments we ever. Take a oh my word. I always paint my bongs brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That's enough, that's enough. I can't do no more. I'm running, I so I, I, I had to I had to throw that. How do you not throw that in? I and I'm glad I didn't look it up until just this moment because you read the definition of a bunghole on this podcast. Yep. So um you know what else? Um I gotta read this last sentence. For example, a bunghole on a combustion chamber <laughs> can be used to remove slag or coal. Bungholes can be utilized to insert and remove <laughs> sensing probes or equipment like mixers. It's a long day where oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? We are gonna link to this the definition oh. of the of a bung and a bunghole just so everyone understands exactly what we're we're not lying. So let's go back to the original video. All I did really was I showed people how to paint a barrel a little better than I had seen. And it's, I'm not bashing anybody. I did a video on how to take a, a kind of an underwhelming part that we get in almost every kit. Um, and it's nothing against these kits. It's just they're easy. I'm sure they're easy to throw into all these kits. So we got some barrels and some um, drums in every kit. But I just wanted to show you guys how you can take a pretty uh, plain Jane, normal, everyday thing that you probably would just paint all one color, dip it in ink wash and call it done and weather it a little bit. And I wanted to show you how with just probably five or six minutes worth of work, you could turn it into something a little more, um, a little more detailed, a little, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a little more lifelike. So I did a YouTube video on it. It's on our YouTube channel. If you if you head on over there, I'll put a link in the description. Check out that video. Um, but what what Matthew's talking about is um, the little cork in the barrel that I painted. So uh, thank you, Matthew. I like I like your little uh, comedic uh, input there. I had a good kick. I had a good laugh out of that. So and my dad, I think, is crying. Oh my gosh! I had to clean. I just had to clean my glasses. <laughs> I had to clean my glasses because I was I was laughing so hard my tears were fogging <laughs> my glasses up and yeah. Uh, so anyhow, that's too funny. So. Yeah, but, um, that was uh, that was a hilarious moment. So that I had I decided to get a T-shirt for bungholes. Well, well, we'll have to I have to figure out how to fit it into modeling, but uh, right, I'll right. figure it out. Don't yeah. worry, guys. I won't let you down. I will. <laughs> I will. I will have a bunghole shirt soon. <laughs> And guys, oh it is totally just a reference to wooden barrels. I promise you. Yeah, and it's a, it's the, the it's the barrel that you know on a wooden barrel that was. Yeah, it's the plug. Where they put the cork? Yeah, yeah it's where they oh, put yeah. the plug. Where they put the bung. I just never knew it. So. But now you know. Yeah. Go ahead. What you else know? we got? Wow, that's. That's your thing. That's my main topic. I just wanted to talk about. Well, my main topic. Bungs. Uh, yeah, well, we're done with that. <laughs> All right, no I, more. I can't cry anymore. <laughs> and uh, um, mine, I'm working on this ITLA uh, York Industries kit. Oh yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's it's really it's really unique and really unique. I'm really enjoying uh, building it. I've got the walls and such painted. I had a little bit of a snag uh, last night where I kind of got ahead of myself and made a mistake putting some of the walls together. I had to pull them apart and re re glue them, and I'm working at it now. Um, but um, one, it, one of the things I did on this one is it's a factory building, right? So 
one of the things I wanted to do was look up, and this is why I used the Google Google image search, and I looked up uh, um, old um, factory windows, you know, uh, photos of old factory windows, just started rolling through them. And now some of them have like the multiple like 20 panes on a window and some tilt out and stuff like that. The big, the big windows with lots of little panes and they're in, and I found one that, and I'll, and, uh, I'll, 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 I'll shoot you the photo, Brett. Okay. Of that. Um, and then you can put it up. Is this, uh, I will put it know, up. And I'll, yeah. <laughs> and, um, it is an actual photo of a building with, well, with these painted windows. They're like painted windows. They're blue and, and you know, um, white and green and blue and clear and clouded and busted. And um, I've seen them. Oh, yeah, you all... texted me that photo. I did. I did. And um, anyways, I wanted windows like that in my factory, you know, except mine are four-pane windows, individual four-pane windows. Right. But I, I didn't see the harm in that, so... I went and looked a little further, and I found a bunch of other ones that have four pane windows, the same kind of thing. And um, so what I did was, I I painted the windows uh, before I applied them, um, before I stuck them into the wall. But um, I did paint the windows from the back side, and I um, I used whites and greens and um, blues. Uh, mainly and, and some tans, but then what I did was, because on some of the on some of the windows on the photo had some rust streaking through the white panes, uh, rust streaking from the the actual metal bar or the metal you know framework of the center pieces of the frame that hold the you know the the panes in, right? And I guess it, it, it rusted in some of the spots and it and it rusted onto the white of the uh, of the window. And so I took some rust streak stuff and some of my AK interactive rust stuff. And, uh, and I, I used a little of that. And I also had good luck with rusting a couple others with just straight, um, late, um, latex, uh, acrylic paints. <laughs> um, it was, don't use latex paint. No, no, please don't. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, acrylic paints in like, uh, Sienna, burnt Sienna, raw Sienna. Um, that kind of thing. Um, and I, and I just lightly touched a dot onto them and I just <laughs> dragged some water or drug some water over the, uh, uh, over that dot and smeared it a lot around a little bit, just to stain the window. Uh, so it made it look like the, the white has been stained by the rust and, uh, they turned out really, really good. I was really happy with them. Some of my left blank. And then I clouded them on the back of the acetate. I clouded them with um, gallery glass. And you can buy that for like three or four dollars at the uh, at the uh, at Michaels or AC Moore or Hobby Lobby or any of the craft stores. Um, it's called gallery glass. And they have I have crystal clear, and then I have the other one is called um, clear frost. And the clear frost I, I used, and I put it on the back side. So yes, they're clear, but and yes, they're they're be, you'll be able to look in, but you, and it'll emit light out. But if you if you light the structure inside, um, however, 
it won't um, you won't be able to see in and look for any detail. You right. won't be able to see its clear window. And it's really it really turned out cool because it kind of clouded up the window. I and think it, made it looked it look awesome. like the old style. Huh? I, I I was just gonna say I think it turned out looking awesome. And and compared to the picture that you sent me originally, uh-huh. yeah, it looks almost yeah. identical to that picture. Yeah. Um, now the one thing I wanted to ask how you did mm-hmm. uh, what you did right. is was there a particular way in the photo that you sent me and what you in the both photos that you sent me the 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 photo that you're using as a reference and the photo that you actually sent me of the model that you did the right. panes that were kind of white have mm-hmm. um, some like rust coloring in them yeah, that's, how, what I was ta- that's what I was talking about just now oh I put I just put a pin drop of some kind of AK rust. Oh shit! Uh, well, <laughs> me then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, write that one down. Write that one down. Um, so, but, you know, I just put like a little pin drop on the on the on the paint itself, and I did this before I placed them into the wall. Right. Okay. But, um, and then I just put like a pin drop of. <laughs> Of uh, AK Rust Freaks <laughs> or um, any of the AK Rust products, um, or you could use, like I said, the uh, no, I won't, you know, rehash it, but the acrylic uh, rust color paint, sienna, burnt sienna, raw sienna. Well, call me. Kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a big dummy. I didn't. Uh... You just need one pin drop, and you just kind of drag it with the paintbrush downward. You should a, do a little bit. You should do a video on that. Yeah, I, I, maybe I will at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a bad idea. So I actually have some big factory windows. I'll try it on for fun. Good call. There you go. Yeah. So uh, what else do we got to talk about this week? Oh, I want to talk about... The windows look unique. Uh, They're definitely unique looking. I'm excited to see how the structure turns out. I'll be live. When you guys hear this, I'll have already been live the night before. So I'm going to be live Thursday night. And uh, we're going to be working on this structure uh, tomorrow night, so which will be last night. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I just wanted to talk about um my wicked wicked wanda's build a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I got oh, wicked sweet. I got wicked wanda's down, and uh, it is actually part of the layout. So um, it is it's in place. I mean, you're not moving it now. It's it's, it's one of those it's one of those models when you go to Bar Mills website. And you start looking through their their, it's not a big structure, but it's one of those ones that everybody I know that goes to Bar Mills and searches through their website goes, oh man, I like that one, Wicked Wanda's. It's so cool. It's unique, and it just has that look. And um, right, man, you you you, you crushed it. You yeah. Know? So I so. actually I didn't the one thing, and this is nothing against the kit. I I the, the kit is awesome. It was a right. it was a breeze to assemble i thought it was mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's got some challenges but i think right. you know your your average model or two advanced model or can do it yeah i've never had a problem with bar mills directions or putting no no i mean the kit's great the yeah. only thing that bothered me um about the kit was the floorboards on the lower level uh-huh that kind of decking material it's right. it's right on the ground level yeah so for me, I wanted to lift it up, and the building, and this isn't just a, um, 
this isn't specific to this kit. It had no foundation, right. which we've talked about many times on the show. Yeah, most kits don't have right. foundations. They're starting to put them on now. They're though. starting to. Yeah. So um, I added a foundation, and by doing that, I had to raise the lower level planking for that that decking on the bottom. Yeah. So it actually created like a, a second. Oh well, well it created it lifted the decking up from the bottom, so it created like a, a first floor deck and then a second floor deck that goes up right. to the second story. So that I think added a lot of um, character and depth to the building. Yeah. I also on Saturday or Sunday, what day were you here? Sunday. 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 I. Um, no, Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday night. night. I hand cut that in stencil out yeah. of paper with like. Oh man, that was beautiful. So I I hand cut that in stencil and then I sponge painted it onto the um, side of that wall, so it just says in. And then yeah. I made that other sign that hangs off the front of the building that just says Harbor, what's it? Oh, the Harbor Inn. That's what we called it. Uh, so yeah. now Wicked Wanda's from Bar Mills is now the Harbor Inn. Right. Um, and that's what it is. I, I put some fencing in there and I made a little driveway for it. And I turned uh, out spectacular. I put some. Uh, it blew up on Facebook. Everybody was blown up. Yeah, it's right along the water. It's on the edge of the rocks. It's yeah. the Harbor Inn. I mean, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you beat that? It's right there on the yeah. edge. And it kind of looks like a little bed and breakfast. Sure. So it's it it's, it's going to hang out there on the edge. I did build a little scratch-build shack that I put in front of it. Yeah. Um, that's I don't even really, really know what that is. It's just a little shack. Um, oh, I like it. It has no name on it. It has nothing. It could be associated with the, with the inn. It could not be. It doesn't matter. It's not yeah. going to have any name. Um, currently, I have some pa- mailboxes that I painted, I'm going to put it out in front of the shack and I'm going to put one out in front of the Harbor Inn. Right. I also have some castings that I got from Best Trains. They are the uh, overalls and shorts and pants. They have uh, a couple different sets of clothing that you can get that are kind of like... I didn't even know they made clothing. Yeah. They have uh, they have like shirts and stuff. Well, I don't know if they have shirts. They have I've, I have overalls and shorts. Um, Here, put this metal shirt on <laughs> so, no, but, the, so the radiation doesn't get to <laughs> it's like when you get an x-ray and they put that metal bib on your crotch so you don't get all fried but these uh, metal shorts and this metal shirt <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to fry your organs so put this on but uh no so they have um best trains has the uh overalls and shorts well that's what i have i think they might have some other clothing but they're kind of flat, so they look like they look like they're hanging. So like, oh, I see them right now. I'm looking at them. Yeah, so I'm gonna make a clo- hanging pants, hanging overalls. Yeah, that's what I have. Ah, oh, cool. So I'm gonna make a clothesline in front of the shack that goes out in front of uh, the new Harbor Inn, uh-huh. uh, formerly Wicked Wanda's, and uh, out in front of that shack, I'm just gonna have hanging clothes. Cool. So and a mailbox, and I got a couple other little detail parts I'm gonna throw around in front of that scene. But that's done. I threw that. I also threw in that rusted car that I made the other week on the YouTube video, and right. um, I also put that car casting that you got. I forget where you got. Was that from Rusty Rails? Yes. That car that you have. Yes. So I threw. Yep. I threw. I threw that in the scene too. Yeah. So yeah. that's all done. Yeah, it turned out real good. That whole now, corner is complete. I only have one. I only have one request for you on your on your. Uh, is it to turn the grass? No, no, you already knew that. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you already did. Um, No, uh, on your porch of of the end, you may want to 
Get rid of the sandbags. Where are they at? They're on the porch. Why would an inn have sandbags on a They're on cart? a hand cart. In a hand cart. Why would they be on a porch at an inn? Oh, end? shoot. I didn't think about that. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> pull them off. It's not a big deal. You know what would look cool? No, on that porch. Some rocking chairs. Well, no, I was just going to say, I have have benches that I got. Oh, benches too. I don't have any rocking chairs yet, but I can probably order some. You can order some. We'll get some and put some on. Best castings might, or best trains might have some castings. I'm sure they do. Of rocking chairs. But I do do have a bunch of benches that I got from down at um, Mainline Hobby. Right. So I can throw some benches on there too. Yeah, I'm like, like I said, I'm not trying to be a. Uh, Actually, you know what might look really cool? I have sections that have shorter grass and some sections that have taller grass. Yeah. It might be cool to throw the benches on the shorter grass section and look over the water. Right. Out on the other side of that fence. Yeah. So that way people would be like sitting there looking out at the ocean. Oh, absolutely. Ah. It is a little bed and breakfast, so you would have that little touristy appeal to it. Yeah. So, all right, I will do that. I will remove the hand truck. Luckily, it's not glued down. It's just sitting there. And um, we'll we'll replace it with some chairs and benches. I think that's a great idea. So, cool. Well, that's all I have. I love building that kit, by the way. It was an awesome one. Next up on my docket, because I have, I have one scratch build that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like we've said this for three episodes or four episodes in a row. I am finishing up this scratch build for one of the patrons. I know we have a couple other to build. We are working on them. I have that, and I also have, um, oh, what kit should I dig into next? I'm going to do an unboxing video and start the build of Ron Kleiss's new kit from Mind Mount Models. Yeah. So I'm going to be starting with that one, Paulser's Plumbing. Um and then I'm I don't know I might rip into another one here in in, in between that too. But Paulser's Plumbing is probably going to be my next one. Uh, I also want to finish up the diner that I got from FOS Scale Models or from Foscale. The I have that little diner kit that I got. So right, I have right. the kit built. I just want to finish the scene that goes around it. Around it, yeah, yeah. Um, I am working this building now. Um, the ITLA York Industries that I talked about earlier. Um, I, I don't think it's going to take too much longer, uh, and I'll have this wrapped up. And then I go, I'm going to do something I didn't expect I was going to do right away. Um, but I am either going to start, well, I'm going to build a tugboat. Okay, definitely going to build a tugboat. Um, but as far as building, are you is, on a ship right now? Cause it sounds like your chair is, uh, my chair needs some oil. <laughs> um, my, it's a stool. Anyhow. Um, I think I'm going to start Baxter's. It's a toss up. Yeah. Baxter's, the, um, FSM kit Baxter's, uh, um, uh, and, or it's going to be, uh, Fenwick funnels. Um, I might be, man, I really got to start that West, the, I have so many. I got the Westboro Sandhouse. Yeah. I got the um, the Builders and Scale one. I got to do. I got. And you just got. Yeah. I got the one. We. I have the one sitting here from Ron from yeah. My Mount Models. I have to do. Right. I have the one that. Well, we got our patron just sent. Well, not our patron. One of our listeners sent us one. Yeah. The man. I got from. Was it from Durango Press? I got a, yep. we got a ton of buildings to make. So you between you and I, 
we have no shortage of things to work on. We have no excuse to not be working on something. Right. I, I don't disagree with that. At Other all, than so. my kids, that's my excuse. Is um, <laughs> they oftentimes don't let me come down in the basement because they're upstairs screaming. Right. But that's what I get. Yep. <laughs> yep. So hey, well, I, I don't really have much else here for uh, this one. Do you? I'm, I'm about wraps here, man. All right. Well, I know we really pounded the patron questions this week, but you know right. what we. Uh, we wanted That's to fine. thank our That's patrons fine. for being patrons, so they took up a large part of this show. But I think we still covered a lot of good topics in those we questions. We, and some of those questions were actually topics. really good and made me actually consider or rethink some of what I'm doing. So right. um, with that, I think I'm going to call this one a wrap. Um, yeah. Look for our live video. Well, our live video would have already been posted, but I'm if you missed my dad's live video which will be which would have been on thursday night don't worry it is saved to our facebook page and it will also be on our youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash ho scale customs so if you miss our live videos we will repost our live videos on youtube um a day or two afterwards so you can always catch them there or or in our videos which are saved on our facebook page so all of our lives are saved uh on there and um, I'm also going to be doing an unboxing and a quick start of the beginning of Pulsar's Plumbing from Mind Mount Models here in the next day or two. So either right around the time that you're getting this podcast or shortly after over the weekend, you'll be seeing a video of the Pulsar's Plumbing build getting started and unboxing. So um, stay tuned for that as well on our YouTube channel. So that's all Sounds I got. Good. Awesome. Yeah, me too. And keep an eye out for a hint, hint, a new shirt coming uh, on our sh- on our store. You can always find our store at hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support or threadless.com forward slash hoscalecustoms. I think that's it. Uh, double check the link in the description. I will make sure I put the right link for the shirt store in there. Um, right. But that's it. That's all I got. Uh, we're going to call this one a wrap. You got it. All right. Go Blues. Sorry, Dan. Have a great ho- have a great holiday. What the hell? Well, it's have a holiday a, somewhere. Have a great week. What holiday is it today? We just had a holiday. It's a, I don't know what holiday it is today, but well, uh, I'm going to find out before this is over. Okay. What is today? National save me, today. Save me. Save me. Oh my God. What is it? Today is May 29th, 2019, National Composting Day. So happy National right. Composting Day, everybody. Well, you're just full of shit. <laughs> Have a great holiday. <laughs> Go out and compost. All right. All right. See you, everyone. Thank you for See listening. You, Have, a, Have a good night. Later. Peace out.